Okay, introducing our newest sponsor, Swim Tracks. Swim Tracks is the smartest swim specific tracker ever. It registers a ton of swim data that is translated into valuable real time insights. It tracks the three most important data points for coaches and swimmers time, heart rate, and stroke rate. You and your swimmers can now, from just one device, make sure you're training in the correct energy zones with the correct number of strokes. Visit swimtracks.com and schedule your free demo today. That's swimtracks, T R A X X dot com, swimtracks.com. So we are at the International Swimming Hall of Fame. It is induction weekend, just a special event. And right now we're at the new aquatic facility with Madam Butterfly and Mary T. Maher. And Mary T., thanks for joining us. Just, just the first thing, we look around, we see so many of the 1980, 84 Olympians. Just what's it mean to see everybody again, to be able to share stories? It's great. You know, we're at a really good time in our lives where I think for most of us, if we had kids, they're raised and you know have a little more flexibility in our lives and so for people to have made the effort to come back um, and just share kind of where they've been the last 40 years is just fabulous. Now specifically tonight Craig Beardsley gets what is long overdue recognition um, just to look back at, at how long he's waited and how happy are you for him to have this moment? You know it, it's what initiated the whole kind of reunion, unofficial reunion is that Right, you know, you talk to anybody who heard Craig was getting inducted, their first reaction was, oh, I'd love to be there. And so I got to swim for USA Swimming. Craig was one of those teammates that you, everybody gravitated to him, and he was so kind to every person on the team. And so, you know, it won a hard motivation for people to come back for to see him get inducted. So when Mary T was competing, everybody knows how ahead of her time she was. But just to put it in perspective, her 2058 world record from 1981 would have medaled at the most recent world championships. When you look back, does are you blown away by what you were able to do? Of course. I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't understand when you're in the middle of it or your first few years, especially I ended my career on less than an ideal note. So, you know, it, it took years to get past that um, feeling of gosh, what went wrong and, and really get to the point where, okay, even with the way that my career ended, you know, I still did some pretty cool things. And so, yes, it it amazes me that um, the women maybe as a group haven't, you know, I mean, the world records are gone and all that. I still, I wouldn't win, but that more of them haven't gone faster than what I swam. And I don't know why that is. Now, I don't know if there's a, there's, there's no specific answer to this, but look, you went 205.8 in Wisconsin in a pool that had, that was slow, in a suit that was slow. <laughs> what could you have done in this equipment in this day and age? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know about the equipment. Um, I think actually illegally back then there were three lane lines in between each lane. I think that's now been outlawed. I'm not sure. So I probably had less waves, but I don't know how much I believe the equipment. I did I did finish that race and right away feel like, oh, I, I should have taken it out harder. Really? Like, I just wasn't as exhausted as I normally was. So I really thought I had a 204 in me at some point, but it didn't work out. I trained for seven more years, swam for seven more years, and it just didn't all come together. So, as I said, I'm so grateful for 1981. And, um, 
you know, will appreciate than just all the experiences I had after 81 until I retired in 88. Obviously, 1980, the boycott happens, and a lot of you have something taken away. Um, and some, some of you had that opportunity in 84, Tracy Calkins, Rowdy Gaines, several others. Was 84 very important to you to be able to, to have that Olympic experience before you then went on to Seoul also? For sure. I mean, you know, it was a long time between 80 and 84, and I was still young. So for the older ones that were making financial, more financial decisions and, you know, really having to make you know, tough decisions as to whether or not to continue to train, um, yes, it was so great that many of them at least got to experience an Olympics. It's disappointing that the East Germans boycotted back, so that was a bummer in Russia. But um, no, I'm so thrilled and then, I will say, but then heartbroken for the ones that barely missed it. Like Craig, like Sue Walsh, and I'm sure there were others I'm not thinking of, but you know. I wish they could have been on that team as well. Well, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you tonight at the induction. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you, John. Thanks. Joined by Jesse Visayo, 1980 Olympian, uh, the true inventor of the underwater kick that really defined the sport. Jesse, thanks for joining us. Just what's it mean to be here and to see a lot of teammates, competitors from your days? Some of these people I haven't seen in 40 years, and it's really good to see old friends. And um, not all friends, but people I admire too. People that uh, were very significant during my swimming years. So it's very special. Does it bring back certain memories? To, do, do certain instances from your career get sparked or just the friendships and relationships? What's it mean? That's exactly what we do. We see each other, we go, remember this, remember that? And most of us uh, that are here today, 1979, we swam here for a, a, a senior championship at the Nationals. And uh, we're all recalling that time. Remember this day and that, how it's changed and how different it is. So that's probably the best time about it. You know, the best thing about it. So, all right, so when we talk about underwater kicking, a lot of credit goes to Daishi Suzuki 1984 and then he won gold in 1988 in the 100 backstroke. A lot of credit goes to David Burkoff for going underwater up to 35-40 meters at a time. The guy who revolutionized underwater kicking, who brought that aspect to the sport, which today cannot be underestimated, is Jesse Visayo. Jesse, what, what was it about that, that said to you, let me take this approach, let me see how I can benefit underwater? I was just telling this story to a couple of my friends here. Um, it was 1976 before the Olympic trials. I was 14 years old and I was uh, at East LA, a very deep pool. And I was gonna swim the 200 back against John Neighbor, 6'4". I'm a very little guy, I'm looking up, I figure I have to do something. Now, as a young kid, we used to go down deep and put our fins on, go down deep and try to, you know, butterfly kick as fast as you can and break surface and go over the lane line. We practiced that for fun. And I knew it was pretty quick doing the backstroke, you know. Uh, butterfly kick on my back, so I you know, figured this guy's going to dive in and push me to the corner. Mm -hmm. So I tried it and it worked out. And then from then on, I was using it at the turns, but it was only, you know, four or five kicks, no more than that. Okay. You yeah. know, and now they, they, you know, they go 15 meters, and before that, those two gentlemen were taking it to another limit. Yeah. 
Now, were you surprised because when you broke out with that underwater, that then there was a, a little bit of a lull until Daishi and Burkhoff really took it and, and expanded on it. Were you surprised that it didn't take off maybe a little bit earlier because of what you found as the advantage? It wasn't. It wasn't like I was trying to invent something. It was just that's that's what I did. Yeah. That's what I did. I knew I had the, you know, I had the speed and I had the. Uh, I could take advantage of that doing it. I wasn't trying to introduce it to the world like, okay, this is the way you got to do it. Uh, but it picked up. You know, it picked up and it makes a lot of sense when you come out of the wall. You, you come out with some speed you don't have because you're. You know, in the middle of the pool because you're pushing off the wall and you take advantage of that momentum using that. So it works. Obviously, 1980, a bittersweet. I mean, you, you have the, the Olympic. You'll always be an Olympian, but you didn't get the chance to go to Moscow. When you look back on the decision by President Carter, what, how do you reconcile it? Or you know, what are your thoughts, you know, looking back 42 years? Well, I was lucky enough to make the 84 Olympics. I think if I wouldn't have made the Olympic team in 84, I would have still feel even differently. So that, that calmed my, uh, my anger or my rage or my sentiments, whatever you want to call them about 1980. But you know, you can look at it now and you say it was a waste of time. Nothing, nothing we should have done. Nothing we should have ever looked at doing. Right. But you know, at that time the government sold it to us like we got to all unite to do this and that's how we swallowed it back then. Last question. Tonight Craig Beardsley gets inducted into the Hall of Fame and uh, the turnout here for him has been unbelievable from former teammates. Just uh, how exciting is it to see a guy who is so well respected as Craig get, uh, get inducted? I am super happy for him. You know, it's well earned and overdue. Uh, he's, he has stayed with the swimming community, helping, you know, with Swim America, getting in touch. He stays in touch with a lot of the teammates and stuff like that. So he's a unifier. So I'm glad to see him join the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Proud of him. Uh, happy for him. And what else can I say? We are joined by Steve Lundquist, 1980-1984 Olympian. Steve, just uh, this weekend has been a celebration watching you, you guys all interact, the 80 and 84 Olympians. I mean, just how much has it meant to see everybody? How much has it meant to share past stories? Well, I, I, there's some stories we can tell and there's some stories <laughs> we can't tell. Uh, it's, it's fun to see all these folks and how they've aged. I think the girls age better than the guys. They all look so good now. It's like unbelievable. How did you stay in shape? And uh, the, the guys are doing good. And I'm, I'm just amazed that everybody still... You, you don't see somebody for 40 years and you pick right back where you were. And it's really neat. Uh, we were talking before we get, went on air here about a lot of you here to celebrate Craig Beersley finally getting into the Hall of Fame, something that's very over overdue. The fact that so many of you have turned out for him, just talk about what he means to all of you as a teammate, as a person. Well, he's a great, great person. That's what matters. Teammate, okay. But just unbelievable guy and 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 it's it's a testament to mary t for getting us all together and then uh him to be here and 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 be honored for something that's well overdue and uh it was it's a good it's a reunion for all of us and then to see craig for him he's just a blessing for the sport are we looking at a raucous night tonight for the induction uh, <laughs> i'm not sure but yeah probably so see take me back to 1980 you you find you hear in january about the possibility of what carter's president carter's thinking Proud to be from Georgia. So. <laughs>
What? Uh, just how did you have to reconcile that year, though? You, you were at such the peak of your, you know, your your career there, and and you have to deal with that, the boycott. Well, you know, I, I started feeling sorry for myself, and then realized, you know, I still had. Uh, three more years of college. It turned out I still had about ten more years of college, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I just said I, I said you know what we're gonna have setbacks the rest of our lives, and this is a big one. But you know we'll overcome it, and if I don't get another chance at it, I don't get another chance at it. But at least you know I was there for it and said you know I I was probably the best in the world in my sport at that time, I'm not my sport, my event, and uh, and, and I knew that 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 life's gonna throw you some curveballs and you better know how to do it. And that was. That was a great curveball moment, and, and every time since then, I just think back to that and go, you know what? It's not that bad. We'll get over it. When did you start gearing up for L the L.A. games and, and starting to make a real push at that? Was that like right on the target right after 80, or did you look at 82 Worlds and all those things as, inter as little stepping stones along the way? Yeah, you know, every year is a different year, and, and you try to peak at certain times, usually for nationals or especially for us in NCAAs. That's that's the big meet for, for us. And then you've got international, which is a nationals team. Uh, for me, every year was, you know, let's let's keep going, and hopefully you can make it to 84. And so then I left SMU and went down to Texas to train with them for the Olympics. And uh, it seemed to be a good move for me because I mean, so many great swimmers were swimming at Texas. And, you know, you're not going to get better unless somebody's – kicking your fanny around the pool. How difficult is it? We, we see sometimes where a brushstroker can really do a nice job balancing between the 100 and the 200, or even 50 all the way up to the 200. How difficult is it to excel at all three strokes, uh, at all three distances in that stroke? Yeah, I, I, I didn't excel at any of it. Uh, <laughs> I would argue the 100 pretty good. <laughs> well, um, I... I didn't like the 200 as much, but love the 100. It's mm -hmm. basically a sprint. Uh, I wish we'd have done 50s. That'd have been great. That'd yeah, that'd have been fun. Right? But uh, but yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, but once you've got the stroke down in the mechanics, it's it's a different glide plane from the 100 to the 200. And you're pacing yourself a little bit more. So uh, I didn't have that down like most people. But you know, it, it, yeah. it's a fun sport, and 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 there's people who are great at the 50, and people who are great at the 200. And if you did a 500, they'd still be great, right? right? Yeah. How much do you uh, to follow the sport uh, today and, and to follow what takes place at the Worlds and Olympics? Are you uh, do you follow a lot of it or do you kind of separate yourself from the, from it these days? It depresses me. They're so fast. <laughs> unbelievable, right? To see the times. I'm like, look at these times. I'm like, I, I couldn't swim freestyle that fast. Uh, and, you know, the girls are faster than me, and that whole thing. It's just, it's it, the sport has evolved, and it's and God bless them. And and the techniques are so much different, and the rules are different, and. And that's what the sport's meant to do. It's supposed to evolve. You know, when you get stuck, it's not fun. So you see these world records, and they're fast. So, so when I say 56-88 in the 100-meter breaststroke, I think that's a, that's a perfect reaction right yeah, there. So, <laughs> well, yeah. and then well, <laughs> I look at Katie Ledecky and what she's been able to do. Right. And then the, the most exciting in the Olympics this last time was that, that 1500. Come on, the I'm guy's fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, to come home. That last, that. that last hundred. Yeah. What, what? Who does that? To come home at twenty-five and brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be kidding. yeah, I couldn't do that on a fifty now. <laughs> Amazing, Steve. Thanks for your time. Thank Appreciate you so much. it. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, pal. <laughs> We're joined by 1984 Olympian Jeff Gabarino. Jeff, thanks for joining us. We, the first question I've been asking a lot of people, so I'll ask it to you, just how nice is it to see everyone from your, uh, the 80 and 84 teams that are getting together here? Absolutely awesome. We actually talked about that last night, that um, this is just, Beardsley getting inducted is just an excuse for us all to get together. And, and what's, what is so true about the, 
cliche as it is, it's about family and community. And so we, we, you run into people and you haven't seen them for four years and automatically the stories come back and it's like you've, you've literally never missed, missed a beat. And, and that's part of what this is really about is the family and the community of swimming. When you heard about Craig getting inducted, um, did you just know, hey, I'm going to be there for that night we're going to celebrate this guy? Absolutely. Long term coming, a long time coming, excuse me. So I swam with him. He was two years older right. and he stayed around and swam with Randy and, and us and through 84. And um, I mean, every day I was swimming with him and hardest worker, nicest guy, you know, unfortunately. And here's the hard part. His teammate, one of my team. Patrick Kennedy actually touched second, mm -hmm. and Beersley was third, and so in the first year where they right. reduced it from three to right. two right. qualifiers, right, right, and so you're like heartbroken for this guy who has been around. I swam with him for you know four years, but then happy for your teammate right. who was also, and you're like, and and Patrick for a long time he was he was torn up about it. He was like, I didn't earn this, I didn't deserve this. I was a backstroker hammer, and this was kind of an off event. Anyway, so. When, when when I heard Beardsley was going to be inducted, we we're like, oh, there's not even a there's not even a question. We will absolutely be here. Take us back to some of those Florida practices. I mean, the talent level there was unbelievable. What was it like? Cutthroat? Was it just that you pushed each other? What how, what was the atmosphere like? And and how much were you able to benefit because of the talent that was there? That's actually a great question. So I came in at a time when uh, the seniors were all. Um, that was that was the 80 81 season so it was post 80 right. trials and they had one more year to swim or in, and then and then they were graduating but a lot of them they stuck around and so we had this interesting mix I would I, I guess it's more like what we have now the pro teams where you have a pro team swimming in the same pool as a college team maybe by the same coach well that was going on 40 years ago already I mean, we were swimming side by side with Beardsley Larson you know, Kyle Miller, I mean, all these guys who were trying to make future teams. And so you had those guys, but they were also supporting us because we were also a college team. And the college team was trying to do what we want, needed to do, which was, you know, score well at NC2As or win. And so it was, it, no, it was very camaraderie. I mean, I remember I picked out people that I wanted to, I, I felt like would make me better. And Larson was one of those guys for me. And in the weight room, he was a just a beast. So I would literally attach myself to him in the weight room and go, if I can hang with him, then I'm only going to get better. Be and, right. and he was like, and he was like, let's go. So he wasn't like, and he would have been an idol for me. So he would not, he, would not, he wasn't pushing me aside. He was like, let's go. Come on. Let's, let's, really let's cool. all get better. Yeah. So then we fast forward to the 84 games. You get your opportunity there in, in LA. Take me through the prelim swim to make sure, you know, you guys set everything up for that evening. Right. Um, did you know that it was, well, take me through the, the morning first. Yeah, so it was, you know, so on the one hand, it was kind of bittersweet because I, um, so I finished second in prelims at Olympic trials. And and then I I just, you know, you said one of those things, you do not finish or you do not do the same thing you did in the morning and I finished fifth. Mm -hmm. So, and the hard part was nobody swam faster time than I did in the morning. So I'm like, wow. And I was really disappointed and then but Beardsley was one of those people that sort of snapped. I was kind of feeling sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I looked over and there's Beardsley. And he's not on the team. Right. And he's the world record holder. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, woe is me needs to go away. I'm on the Olympic team. I'm going to make my contribution and so forth. So when I was swimming in the prelims, it was, it was really important to me to prove to me and everybody else that I deserved a spot on this team. And I was asked, how, what did I want to do? And I said, I want to lead it off because I want a flat start swim to let everybody know I'm not just, you know, I'm, I'm, this wasn't a mistake. And so 
that was actually my motivation. And we um, we actually broke the world record in the morning. Right. And so that was just bonus. And then again, for those of you who don't know, it wasn't until 84 that they actually began to then give, uh, yes, medals to um, um, the, what is it? The, the prelim, prelim swimmers. Yeah, the prelim yeah. swimmers or the, or the, uh, the extras or whatever you want to call them. Um, so going into so that, that night. A, that was a bonus again. That yeah. Was, yeah, so I was like, anything was going to be a bonus. And, and going into that night. And going into the night, tell me what's going through your mind yeah. when Hayes steps oh. up onto the blocks and well, he's got the albatross next yeah, to him, Michael, we'll, we'll Michael Gross. Yeah, we'll back, <laughs> we'll back it up okay. a little bit. So we're standing, we're in the stands and we're just going, oh God, just do not overswim the first half of these races, you know, because everybody's just geeked and yeah. amped and teammates. And you're going, I'm like, you know, Heath goes off first and I think uh, either Float or, or Larson was second. And I'm like, Okay, just control, you know, being a coach, like control the first right. part of this race. Do not get too excited. And both Float and Larson went really hard the first hundred. And they suffered a little bit on the back, back end. end. And it created the race that, that you saw. And, you know, you're watching this thing and, and um, you know, Hayes and, and, and Gross going together. And Hayes is actually in the lead by, I don't know, probably two body lengths yeah. or something like that. And by the 50, He's actually even, and at the hundred, he's at his waist, and we're like, "Oh, this is this may not go well." And then, to the to our utter surprise, Gross goes. He's swimming on the lane line right. next to Bruce, and then Bruce was like, "All right, I'll take the ride." Jumps yeah. on his hip and rides him through the fifty, the one fifty, and then, I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, to finish ahead, and and actually, it was it was actually a big surprise. And so much is talked about Lezak getting the draft in 08 off of Elaine Bernard in the 400 right. free relay, right. where really the first time that that drafting at the Olympics showed up was Hayes, yeah. like you said, getting that ride off of Gross, which yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. And it's and it does help. I mean, it's believe it or not, you can see that wake. And, and again, it was just amazing to us that that why was he why did Gross swim on the lane line next to uh, Bruce when he could have been on the other side and maybe not given him as much help. Take advantage. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right. So, yeah, great experience. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, sir.